God can't bless who you pretend to be or who you compare yourself to. He can only bless you and the lane that was created for you. I feel that for somebody. You don't need no edge entity, you need boundaries. What? I don't need your likes, I don't need your validation. All I need is a God fighting for me that says all things, all things, all things. Ciao. Ciao. Do you know what time it is? It is time for the Woman Evolve podcast. I am with you on this beautiful Tuesday in the year of our Lord 2019 for my girl time. Yes, it is that time of the week where I get to get together with some of my girls from literally all over the world. Logging in on Facebook Live to share with me about what's happening in the news and culture and ultimately to help one another grow and evolve into the best version of ourselves. I see so many people tuning in. I see Ramona Williams and she is on time. Come on and bless him. I see Jasmine John tuning in from Miami, Florida. Monica Duke, what's up? How are you? Chicago is in this space. What's up? What is your life about? Aria Yovella said, child, I made it on time. Won't he do it? Won't he do it? Come on and bless him. Listen, for those of you who are listening for the first time, we miss you. Where have you been? We need you in our life. We can't do this thing without you, okay? Somebody loves you. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm loved. Turn to your neighbor and say, somebody got me together, okay? I see Tappy say, hey, I finally get to watch this live. Love you, SJR. Sending love from Jersey. What's up, Jersey? Nola? Okay, listen, what is going on in your world? Let me tell you about my life. I have been minding my business. I I can't even wait. When we get into snack time, I'm going to tell you the levels in which I have been minding my business. It's it, Minding your business is so powerful and it just never goes out of style. Orange may be the new black. Red can become the new black. Yellow can be the new black. But minding your business is always the new black. It never goes out of style. It's classic. Been minding my business. Uh, I have been working out. I've, I have decided to Orange Theory three times a week. There was a season in my life where I went five days a week, sometimes six days a week. But as I am easing back into working out, I have decided that I can't just jump back into where I was. Um, That's a word. Get that down in your spirit. Sometimes your goal is to get back to where you were and your real goal needs to be just to get back. Okay, I may not be able to get back to where I was, but if I can get back in there, then my you know, constant consistency will ultimately yield the results that I'm looking for. And I didn't work out for a long time. My husband had surgery. We got evacuated. Life was tough on the kid. So that's that's what I'm doing with my life. I'm working out. I am not eating right, though. I want to be honest about that. I fried me some chicken. I made some ribs all weekend long. I just ate whatever I wanted to eat. Can I tell y'all on Saturday I kicked it? Let me tell you. Most of the time, my husband and I have the opportunity to speak at different churches, you know, throughout the country. And that usually requires either a Friday night speaking or Saturday morning. And so we are generally out and about on Friday nights or Saturday nights. And then Sunday we have service. And then Monday through Friday, I'm like in mom mode. Saturday, I slept till 945. It was 3 p.m. and I still had my pajamas on. Mackenzie going to come up to me and say something to me. 
talking about, um, can we go somewhere? Honey, I am somewhere. I don't know where you are, but you need to get with the program because I am exactly where I need to be in my pajamas in this late afternoon. Can I tell you that my husband is on Facebook Live? And whenever the husband steps in the building, we take a minute to apply, insert applaud right here. I need my engineer to give me some applause just right here. Are you doing good looking? And he said, but you're looking good, baby. Take your sweet time. I'm taking it. Listen, okay. Um, so yeah, what are you doing with your life? Natalie says, Sister Sarah, I got to kick this need habit for Italian food around the corner. It's bad, child. Sometimes I know, Latrell says, I had Chick-fil-A for breakfast. Let me tell you, sometimes I just be like, forget it. Just forget it. Like I have my protein shake. I eat me a few almonds. I have a yogurt. And then at nighttime, I'm like, I want fried chicken. I don't, I don't even know what to tell you, but that's how I'm living my life. LaRonda says, I haven't had sodas, sweets, bread, chips, fried food, pasta, or rice in three weeks. And I'm almost down 10 pounds. And LaRonda, let me tell you something. I'm proud of you. And I have not had any of those things since seven o'clock this morning. Did I have seven o'clock this morning? So that's a win for both of us. And I have lost nothing, but that's all right. I can't compare my success to yours. Alexandra says, when you are fasting and the whole delegation is talking about food, oops, my bad. Let me move on. What else is going on in your life? Daisy says, girl, drinking my water and eating badly is the balance and you need that thing. Regina just ate a salad and come on, that's, that's what you need. You need to eat salads. Okay. When I say I drink a gallon of water every day and in my mind, it just flushes out all the bad things that I did. I don't know if it's true, but that's what happens in my head. Can I tell you, let me tell you something and then I'll get into the stories. Um, I stepped on the scale. Y'all know how I told y'all last week that I wasn't going to get on the scale and I didn't like what happened and all that stuff. I don't know why I did. I just got on the scale. I was like, let me get on the scale real quick after I'd had like a night of eating the bad things. And I got on the scale and it just reminded me why I got off the scale in the first place because I don't need that negativity. So I can't handle it. You got to know what you can handle in this season. I cannot handle it. Okay. So listen, today, we have a lot of stories to cover and I don't know if we're going to get to them all, but I'm going to try kind of, I'm going to tell you, someone told me that they really like the podcast, but the earlier segments like rescue Eve and Hail Mary, they don't really like because we do a lot of talking and that's how you know that everyone is entitled to their own opinion. Cause this is where I get most of my giggles. Um, so let me tell you, um, little, upsetting news that is not a part of Rescue Eve, but we're certainly sending prayers to Jesse Smollett, who is the actor from Empire. Jesse Smollett was viciously attacked in a horrific manner in Chicago at two o'clock in the morning. And I just cannot begin to imagine the trauma that was inflicted upon him and the serious need for justice and and just a heart change in the posture of so, so many people. And I haven't posted about it yet because I've just been busy this morning, but I certainly want to make sure that we as the delegation take a minute to just send the prayers. You know, obviously, Jesse Smollett has a platform and some news of this attack spread very quickly. And I also recognize that these types of attacks happen to people who don't have these platforms and it doesn't get 
as much attention. But I do think that when something like this happens to someone with a platform, that it is a reminder to us all that this type of hate still exists in the world and that we have a responsibility as people who desire to contribute goodness and light and love to this world to make sure that we are are doing that in every way possible and really pausing and reflecting and changing um, our sphere of influence. Definitely want to send prayers up to Jesse Smollett and his friends and family and anyone else who is struggling with the revelation of the deep-seated hate that still exists in this country. And so, yeah, we're definitely going to be um, in prayer for his family. In addition to that, we've got some other stories that we're going to cover. But I, you know what? I think before we move on, I just want to take a moment and pray for the family of Jesse Smollett, for Jesse Smollett himself, and for people whose names we do not know who have experienced this level of hate. So, delegation, join me for a second as we just say, God, 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 Jesus, we need you more and more every day. There are moments when we are just going about our life and suddenly we receive news that reveals to us how much growth, how much darkness, and how much pain still exists in this world. And for many of us, today is one of those days. And God, we're asking that as we confront this evil, as we confront this hate, that you would give us wisdom, that you would give us strategy, that you would help protect our hearts so that we do not become the very thing that we hate. Because so many times the bitterness that is created in moments like this makes us toxic. So God, we just ask that you would purify our hearts, that their desire to create terror and fear and hatred would be rendered null and void, that it would have no place. And instead, in moments like this, that love and light would shine through. That when darkness has made a stand, that light would come through and say, not on our work not on our watch. So God, I'm just praying that you would continue to make each of us responsible for the person who we are on this earth with. That as we pass by strangers, as we engage with one another on social media, that we would do so understanding that we have a responsibility to show them a glimpse of you. And in our pursuit of that, God, let us be loved. Let us be compassion. Let us be empathy. And may we eradicate hate one by one. And most importantly, when an injustice happens on our watch, when an injustice happens within our earshot, within our community, may we be the one that calls out wrong for wrong so that it can be isolated and ultimately shrivel and rendered ineffective because someone said it wasn't right. God, we just speak healing and in a time of, of recovery from the inside out for Jesse Smollett, for his family, and for everyone else who is enduring silently what he exposed to us all last night. In Jesus' name, amen. Sounds like our family has heard some of that. Nikki says, prayers for my boy. Regina Roberts says, prayer. Angela is saying, hey. So yeah, Shireen says, hey, auntie, hey, child, listen, we praying, okay? In addition to that, let's try and 
get into some stories for the day and hopefully just share a little bit of light as we can do on our platform and in our world. Um, so let me tell you, I gathered us some stories together for this here weekend. We're going to move into our Rescue Eve segment of the podcast. Rescue Eve is when we take a moment and see something that is happening in the culture, in the news, and take a moment to try and see it from a different perspective. And because we want to check out things from a different perspective, sometimes it stretches stretches us in ways that we are not ready to be stretched. And I have a feeling that the delegation is going to endure some major stretching during the Rescue Eve segment, Okay. Let me tell you something. Okay, ciao. When I read this story, I did not know what to do with it. And I'm going to read it to you all. And I'm just going to let you formulate your own opinions. And you all can just tell me what you think. Um, I tried to be open-minded. I'm going to try and rescue. Just so you know, this is going to be a rescue, Adam. It's not Eve. It's Adam. This is a man out here cutting up. And fellas, the ones of you who listen and try to listen on the low, we're going to need y'all to speak up because I'm going to need y'all to help me understand what is happening in these last and evil days. B. Smith's husband is not backing down against people who have criticized his decision to date another woman while caring for his sick wife. Dan Gatsby, 64, who has been the restaurateur and lifestyle guru's primary caretaker since she was diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease six years ago, opened up about his unconventional relationship with girlfriend Alex Lerner, 53, in a profile published in the Washington Post. He says, if this is us and Modern Family came together, it would be us. He told the post of his family's dynamic, which involves the trio living together in the couple's East Hampton home. Let me break this down for you because reading is fundamental, but I want to help y'all understand the full fundamentals of what I'm reading. Okay, B. Smith has Alzheimer's. Okay, she's had it for six years. Her husband is her primary caretaker who has a girlfriend who now lives with him. Can I, I, I can I, I just, I, I just cannot fully wrap my mind around so many problems with this story, but I'm, I'm going to try to wrap my mind, but my mind, the way my mind wraps, it doesn't wrap fully around. And y'all know I'm a little bit crazy. Okay. So, um, this is what I'm going to say. Um, to have a girlfriend while married. Okay. To have a girlfriend move in with your wife who has Alzheimer's while married is just, it's just all bad. Um, I would like to offer some alternatives. Um, when I first read this story, I want to tell you all my process. Um, and I want to offer you all some of my, just the way I came down to the conclusion that there may be something that we could possibly use as a flotation device, but likely not, okay? It's probably a flotation device with holes in it, but here, here's my process. My process was like, wow, 
Like this is undeniably disrespectful. Like he said, like I've, you know, my grandmother died of Alzheimer's. I was a younger woman, so a younger girl. So I don't really know the fullness of the disease from what I understand. And from what I've been told, the person literally just doesn't know what's happening around them. They're not the same person that they used to be at all. And, you know, they can't even identify like, hey, this is my husband. So she literally doesn't know what's happening. But here's the thing. You know what's happening. And unless you tell me that you have Alzheimer's and you're out here just doing stuff and you don't know what you're doing, you have a responsibility to hold yourself to the integrity that I would hold you to if I knew what was happening. Is that so hard? That is what ends so many relationships. Like it's too many men out here with girlfriends who don't have Alzheimer's who be trying to get over in the first place because they cannot hold themselves to the integrity that they need to hold themselves to as if the woman was present. Ooh, I said it the way I meant it. And I hope somebody got that down in their spirit. I want you to be held. This is all I want. This is all I want. You know what I said to myself? I said, I don't have to do this no more. I'm leaving. I don't have to do this no more. You know why? Because I want someone who is going to have the same level of integrity when I'm in the room versus when I am not in the room. I That's what I want out of my life. That's what I want for me and my marriage. And when I'm in the room or out of the room includes if I have Alzheimer's. If you're finished with me and I have Alzheimer's, put me in a home and divorce me. Since you're so bad, since you're so bad that you finished with me and you're going to bring your girlfriend in, divorce me and put me in a home where at least you made this thing look so clean but no okay that's not what he did that's not what he did and that's what he should have did and then I said to myself well maybe 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 he's trying to heal her maybe he thought if I tell her I have a girlfriend maybe the girl is just an actress because I'm trying I'm trying here I'm reaching and this is stretch my arm is cramping trying to reach this far maybe he's trying to heal her because I tell you what a part of me wants to believe that if my husband if I was feeling sick or something and my husband's like this is my girlfriend and she moving in I want to believe that God is a healer and would bring me right out of that to slap somebody upside their head I don't know if it's possible to save this uh, precious lamb of God, um, but I do want to say for any of the fellas who are listening, because we know y'all like to listen to the podcast, I'm going to tell you right now, if you try and move somebody in on any member of the delegation and another member of the delegation finds out about it, you better lock the doors and hide because we're not here for, we're not here for the disrespect. Okay. Not now and not ever. Brittany says the wife needs to be rescued from the husband. He is totally disrespecting his marriage about minding my faith with exotep says, wait, sis, you're not convincing just to rescue. You're not convincing just to rescue. I know I try, but I can't taste stars. If you can't handle her being sick, get a, get a divorce still sucks, but it's morally right. That's what I'm saying. She, you saying what I'm saying, what I'm saying is this, um, if you so bad that you finish with me and I have Alzheimer's, then what you need to do more than likely is just move around completely. That's what you need to do since you so over me and us and it. Now, wait a minute now, devil. I had to check because my podcast wasn't recording in the manner in which it needs to record and I don't want to hear nobody's mouth. When it's time for me to 
post this. Oh, the audio. I'm going to just tell y'all right now, more than likely, the audio is going to be jacked on this podcast if I can't tell what's happening back here on this screen. But that's all right. God is still going to be faithful. And B. Smith's husband is still going to be getting a beat down. How about that? Put that in your pipe and don't smoke it because we don't smoke no more. But that's what you can do. Okay. Um, Arkeisha says, I can't save him. I didn't take vows with him. Only woman who can save him is his wife now. How about that? You spoke a word with that. Lashonda says, I pray for her to regain her mind back at least one hour. Just one hour would change. Lord. Father God, right now, Lord, if it ever be your servant, me in this position, if you just let me have my mind for one hour, do you know what I could do in one hour? I could turn this whole thing out in an hour. I could turn, do you know? Ooh. And let me tell you something. I'm going to tell my kids. See, this is why you need to have children. they expensive and stuff. But when you get down to the end, you get to tell your kids, set this thing off, okay? Monica Dorsey says, not here for the disrespect because, it, because if it was a woman who left her husband with Alzheimer's, they would drag her for days. But he, the problem is he didn't leave. That's that's the problem. OK. Um, that's that's Christy says, honest question, open marriage, polygamy, or are we still stretching too hard? It's we stretching. We stretching. Um, this is I think. I was supposed to be trying to rescue him and I failed because I went off. But um, this is what I'm going to say. Um, okay, so maybe maybe she made her desires known to him and said it would be okay. But you know what? He would need to say that to the Washington Post. He would need to make me believe that B. Smith told him when she was still in her right mind, if something happens to me, I don't mind if you move on with your life. Just don't move me into no home. You have a girlfriend and everything. She can move in with us and live off of me and all the things that I did to support this family. As long as you don't put me in a home. If he told me that, I would be like, now that's between them. But it sounds a little strange to me because if you finish with me, be finished with me all the way okay um but maybe maybe that's what happened i don't know can someone help me paula paula says my kids won't let that happen for sure let me tell you something not only will my kids not let that happen to me my my father and mother would never but let me tell you something about grown there y'all think y'all think she your pastor let me tell you something let me roll up ever into my parents house and either way it's going down like that it ain't going down like that no more it is unbelievable Lashana says i ain't stretching nothing but that our lord do it lord make this hour feel like an hour at orange theory long lengthy and powerful okay how about that Alexis says, what about the kids? That's what I'm saying. But I think the adult, he does have an adult child who evidently knows. But I think here's the, here's not, it's not just that he has a girlfriend, but that you want to do a whole story about it. What is that? What is that that you would even want to do a story about? I think they went on Facebook Live and everything. Where And what kind of, I'm just supposed to rescue folks, but I'm also wondering as a woman, you've decided to be with this man whose wife has Alzheimer's. That's one thing. Why do y'all want the world to know about this? What, because the world is going to have something to say. Where is your morals, honey? What are you thinking or not thinking? What is that? Lisa says, doesn't make sense why he shared it. He could have kept it private. That's what I'm saying, Lisa. Why? Why do we need to know? 
that's that's and then he said something he don't he don't post some 50 cent a 50 cent caption on the end end of his little um i guess he posted a picture of b smith and him and his girlfriend and he gonna put a 50 cent boy if you don't get your 50 cent lyric boy child now huh okay <sighs> i don't know i don't know it's not all I know for sure is that it ain't right. Tina, elect lady says he could have kept it to himself and we would have never found out. That's all I'm saying. Desiree says, yeah, they trying to be seen, but they're not about to get good publicity. I just don't understand. Okay. That's so, um, I guess we're not going to rescue him. I shouldn't even put him on the list for today. I was trying to be great and great caught up with me and said, child, you can't do this. So now here we are. But let me tell you, I wish that things could have been done differently. I wish that for everybody involved, because when I tell you I don't have the resources, my mind don't have the resources to comprehend what I'm supposed to be comprehending. I just don't have it to give. I try, but I can't imagine it. Okay. Um, Erica McGray said the delegation is worked up. We need to move on. You're right. You're right. Okay. I'm moving on. All right. Okay. Um, let me tell you, uh, Apple needs to be rescued. Apple products. Yes. If you have an Apple phone, you better turn your FaceTime off or you better be living right. Holiness is still right because there is a glitch on the Apple FaceTime that lets you um, listen in on people you call, even if they haven't picked up their iPhone. And so I want you guys to go to settings, FaceTime, and turn your FaceTime off. But the reason why I put this on here is because Apple does need to be rescued. And let me tell you why Apple needs to be rescued. Not only because they are the best phone. That's right. You heard me, Android. But let me tell you why we need to rescue Apple. Because there is a side chick somewhere who gave this blessing to everyone she knows, and things just got out of control. That's the only way that I can summarize it. But what I'm going to say is this, sis just got, things just got a little out of control. Um, but it's a wife, it's a girlfriend, it's a somebody who said, what I'm going to do is set up a way for all of us to know what's really happening. And now she out here and got Apple all wrong. This thing ain't even really Apple's fault. It's everybody's fault, but Apple's fault. Apple has been Apple is amazing and they know the Lord and um, apples was in the garden and Apple phones are still here. And because his grace is everlasting and everlasting. So Apple is going to get rescued. We going we going to rescue them um, because this ain't even their fault. And so that's what I'm saying. Natalie said, ha ha y'all. That's why I'm Android is Android. Android wasn't the one blowing up on y'all's faces and stuff. Who was Android? I don't even know him. Never heard of an Android. I, Android sounds like an alien and I'm saved. I don't believe in aliens. Barbie, Sarah says Apple's letting the government play on our phones. I rebuke the government right now in the name of Jesus, unless you're about to give me a tax refund. In that case, listen on, listen on. I don't have nothing to say anyway. Janita says, let's rescue Apple. They've been faithful faithful throughout the years. They have been faithful. Apple has been faithful to deliver and we will not get this far and not allow them to make it into the promised land. I speak of Joshua anointing over Apple. Don't let this be, don't be Moses where we didn't got down to 2019 promised land and you're going to make us leave you over on the other side in the wilderness. We want to see you make it to the promised land, fix this glitch, help these wives learn how to do it without messing up the rest of our phones so we can move on and mind our business. Okay, now, how about that? 
Okay. Portia says, if you don't have nothing to hide, you wouldn't care. Apple always take care of me. That's right. Holiness is right. If you, if, if we was all living right, we would be fine. LaShonda says, my note eight is excellent. I'm good with Andrew. Well, praise the Lord. I'm glad for y'all over there, but we talk about, we want, we want to talk about Apple to be faithful to us. Okay. Now, how about that? Loria says, rescue Apple. Cheaters need to be exposed. Darkness has come to the light. Oh. Let me find out Apple is really bringing in the wave of the return of our Savior and exposing everything that is done in the dark that is coming to the light. That's what it is. Apple has the Holy Ghost. And now that's why y'all with these Androids and these Samsungs need to come on over to the Apple side so that when it's time for exposure, Apple is preparing us for the rapture. I just got a download. It It ain't anointed, but it is a download. Apple is preparing us for the rapture. This is what's going to happen. In the rapture, you know how we're going to look around. And if you're still down here and you ain't lifted up with the rest of us, you're still going to be sitting here. Apple is preparing us for what that's going to be like when you are just exposed like no other. And so it's helping us get our hearts in our lives together. Um, Natalie says that evil started with what? An apple. First of all, that is not true. That is um, in the hood version of the Bible that Eve ate from the apple. All we know is that she ate from the fruit. We don't know what kind of fruit it was. It was probably that fruit that them vegans be using for meat, jackfruit. It was probably jackfruit that she ate off of that tree. Or maybe what's the other one that's real nasty that y'all love to eat? Papaya? Papayas. It was probably papaya. Um, but it certainly was not an apple because holiness is right. Okay. Uh, Erica says apostolic is the only way you'll make it into the kingdom. She spoke a word. Okay. She spoke a word. Brianna says the it is the hood version to say that apple ate from it, um, that Eve ate from the apple. And I have to remind myself that when preaching, because you know, the Bible scholars like to come out and tell you that it wasn't no apple. And so I just say she ate from the fruit because that's what the word says. The word says she ate from the fruit. Latrice says we can rescue Apple. Now people can know I ignored that unscheduled FaceTime. Come on and bless him. Okay. All right. So listen, Apple is rescued. Okay. Tina says papaya juice is amazing. Um, Papaya juice might be amazing, but that straight up papaya has an aftertaste that I know my Savior didn't have anything to do with. Mm -mm. My Savior didn't come, die, and become resurrected for that aftertaste. Cassandra says jackfruit is the, is evil. Have you ever seen jackfruit? Do you, have y'all ever seen jackfruit? It looks like something. Let me tell y'all something about jackfruit. It jackfruit might really jackfruit might be the fruit that she ate from in the garden because I saw a jackfruit in the grocery store and I said, "What is this? It's all spiny." I'm looking at a picture of it right now. Y'all need to look at jackfruit. Jackfruit is out here not doing the right thing, and um. Let me see if I can find y'all this little picture of jackfruit. Make sure it don't lead to nothing that um, the Lord would not like. Who knows? Jackfruit sounds wrong. Let me see if there it is. Okay, I didn't drop it in the comments. Y'all need to look at what jackfruit looks like, okay? It don't, mm-mm, mm-mm, okay? So <laughs> Ashley said jackfruit is with lotteries on eggs. She's she, and she, you know, Ashley has an apple. If the Lord gave her that level of revelation, Alexis says, LOL, it does look scary, but it's good. I, I didn't get past the scary part. Janine says, I love jackfruit. I'm sorry, y'all. Maybe y'all had the wrong type. I'm from Jamaica and chalice. We child, I just know it, it don't, it just looks wrong. Looks like wrong. I'll try and try it though. Cause I love y'all. Let me tell y'all, do y'all want to rescue the fire festival or not? Nah? 
can do y'all want to rescue the fire festival did y'all watch the documentary on hulu and netflix about the fire festival i already know y'all y'all don't want to rescue them maybe y'all do want to rescue them can i tell y'all that i watched them documentaries look the whole reason why i'm even bringing up fire festivals because she said something about jamaica made me think about the bahamas made me think about them documentaries saturday when i was minding my business and cooking it with my kicking it with my scarf and pajamas on until three o'clock in the afternoon i watched both of the documentaries about the fire festival and can i tell y'all i don't think it's a stretch i don't i think that like it was not a well-planned event you know like usually there's time there's budget you take the resources and you allocate them properly so it was not it was not an ideal situation by any means I do think that this fella, this gentleman had a history of like robbing Peter to pay Paul. And he just thought that he was going to hustle his way into making things all right. Brumman was wrong. Brumman ended up in jail. And I, you know, and I see that, but let me tell y'all something. It was just a reminder that when you, it's a word, I'm going to keep digging until I find it. When you have made a rhythm of always kind of making something out of nothing, you can come to a point where you still are trying to make something out of something. Mm, it's a word, okay, because it's levels to this. There are moments where you're making something out of nothing and you do have to kind of hustle and move things around, et cetera, et cetera. But you should grow out of that stage and you shouldn't force yourself to start biting off more than you can chew. You got to do that on a, on a lower level. But there comes a point where you start making something out of something, which means you ought to be able to bring that hustle into mentality, hustle mentality into some integrity, into some accountability. What I'm saying is this. As a business owner, when you are just starting off, you might have to take out of your savings in order to pay something and make it happen. But the goal is to become established in such a way that the business sustains itself. And I think that we have to keep that in mind as the goal from the onset. Not that I'm going to keep pulling from here to cover this or pulling from there to cover that. The goal from the onset is to ultimately make this self-sufficient. And I think my guy just thought he was a hustler. And he thought he was going to make it happen. Ty Star says, I watched them. No, Ty Star said, Fire Festival is rescued. They tried. Sharonda says, I watched both, not worth the rescue. Um, Danina says, let them burn in their fire, which is a word within itself. Uh, Courtney says, we can only rescue the Bohemian workers. And let me tell you, my girl who had the restaurant who was feeding those people started a GoFundMe because she used her whole life savings. Now, let me tell you something. And that was on the Netflix documentary. And that's when I was like, see, and this is the problem. It's like your actions always affect other people. Like if you was just hustling and if you was going to be the one who lost, you was going to be the one who was who lost. That was one thing. But my girl has lost her whole life savings trying to fool with you. Anywho, that's why we need to have some payments up front. I don't like when people do a lot of stuff for me for free because I'm just like, I need to know what you're going to be expecting from me in return. I will pay for my own wigs. I'll pay for my clothes. Child, just tell me how much you expecting from me because I don't want anybody to ever be stuck out because they gave me stuff. And But anywho... See, this is why that lady don't like this segment because y'all get me off um, topic. But that's fine. She ended up... Um, starting to go fund me. And I think she's raised over $200,000. Okay. Daphne says, wait, was it two documentaries on Netflix? I only watch one. There's one on Netflix and one on Hulu. And 
they both have different perspectives. They cover basically they both frauds. <laughs> basically, it's like Netflix is like how the Fire Festival Fire Festival was a fraud, and then Hulu was like, but actually he's a fraud. So it just depends on which perspective you want to see. Tiffany says that's a word. Uh, Alicia says, child, that man scammed millions. No rescue. Karen Miller says, hello, I've been drinking my water, but I switched from keto to Cheeto, like Cora suggested. Don't take advice from Cora, okay, guys? Because <laughs> that's not, you don't want to do that. Tina says, Ja Rule had his nerve to say nobody got hurt, really. Yeah, that was terrible. Let's see, Jamila says, the guy who was about to take one for the team had me shook. Jamila. I, I sat there with my mouth open. I was shocked and appalled. That 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 was another one of those like B Smith things where I'm just like, why are we sharing this with everyone? We 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 really were like my husband and I watched the Netflix one together. I think we watched ended up watching both of them together. And we were just like not expecting for him to say that, but he said it and it can never be unsaid. So there we have that. Um, how about that? <laughs> Barbie says he was ready. He said it. He said it out of his own mouth. Okay. And let me tell you something. If that's what loyalty looked like, I can't handle it. Now, a lot of you haven't seen the documentary and don't know what we're talking about. And boy, there's nothing to fully prepare you for it. Um, but that was that was all right. Venetia says when they came up with the wristbands, I was like low key genius. Let me tell you, he's a he was a fraud, but I really do think that he thought he was going to pull it off. He was just like, I just need to find a way to get a little bit more money coming in, and the more money I get coming in, the better chance I'm going to have of pulling this off. And it was just too much. He made too many promises. Okay, all right, I'm gonna move on because I'm conscious now. People telling me I talk too much. T.D. Broughton, T.D. T.D. Jenks, what's your name, child? Anywho, T.D. Broughton says, do you recommend the Hulu or Netflix? I think you should watch the Netflix one to understand the type of loyalty that these people had to this man. Um, but the guy is actually on the Hulu one. I know that don't nobody have time to be sitting up watching two documentaries. But I think that if you had to watch one, I think you should watch the Netflix one. Okay watch the Netflix. All right. So Jocelyn said, am I the only one who noticed your role wasn't seen anymore after so long into the documentary? I did not notice that, but praise the brother Jaw rule. Um, y'all like how I put a church handle on everything. He, he, that was a special, all of that was special. All of that was special. Um, y'all, we need to be in prayer for Chicago. It's a negative 50 windshield and things nobody has time for. Let me see. Okay, uh, we're not rescuing the fire festival. We're not rescuing Beastman's husband. We are rescuing Apple. I dare say, on a private jet. There's one more person that I think is worthy of a rescue, and we're going to make room on the private jet for her. Her name is Casey Smitherman, and she has been charged with three felonies and a misdemeanor: official misconduct, insurance fraud, insurance application fraud, and identity deception. 
court records show she was released on $500 bail. Let me tell you, she is facing these charges of insurance fraud after police say she used her son's name to get medical treatment for a sick student who didn't have health insurance. So one of her students uh, wasn't able to come into school. He had strep throat. She took the child to the doctor and wrote down her child's name instead of the actual person's name so that he could get the prescription and care that he needed. And while what she did was illegal, so is it illegal that these kids can't get the kind of health care they need in order to be all right. And I doubt very seriously that they're going to let um, my girl go to jail for this because, wow. But if they do, let me tell you something. I got some money on the books. Okay. Tiffany Gibbs says, I say reduce her. She tried to help a child. Erica McGrath says, oh, we're rescuing. Catherine says, we are definitely rescuing the teacher without a doubt. Yeah, I mean, that just goes without saying, but I wanted to put, really, she she, she needs to be in Hail Mary, because that's where she needs to be, because wow, okay? I mean, the thought and the execution was beautiful. Keisha says, sis, not her heart was in the right place, but that's a lot. Just give her a life jacket. A life jacket? Keisha, just a life, we can't put her on the jet? Think if I mean, she thought to herself, she said, self, he 15, my son is 15. I don't know how child, I don't know. I'm just saying, hypothetically speaking, he got a goal. My son got insurance. Why don't I just find a way to make it happen? I don't know. Anisha says she get a rescue and first class treatment. Alexandra says, uh, let's get her a private jet, a blanket and some aspirin for the way the system must have stressed her out. I'm with it. But Keisha say we got to give her a life jacket. I'm a, can we give her um, the private jet without a blanket? Can that be our compromise? But we'll tell her to dress warmly. I don't know. I think I think we need to rescue. Okay, so let me see. Let's move on to. I wanted to rescue, but it's so hard to rescue people who I know y'all not gonna rescue. And I'm rolling my eyes if you're listening to the podcast because. I want to rescue folks and then the delegation doesn't want to. And then we end up having this tear in our friendship. Um, What I do want to say is this, is Kim Kardashian was teaching Northwest how to lay her edges and people were a little upset by it, but I thought edges, it's a, it's a lesson that at least you should be aware of. I don't know. Um, But that's fine. We we won't rescue her. I wanted to, but I, I guess we won't. Okay. So let's move on to Hail Mary, shall we? Hail Mary is when we take a moment and acknowledge people who are doing incredible things in the news. And we just take a moment to say, you know what? Big ups to you. Good looking out. And I would like to start with... I have a few here. I got like five of them. Jeffrey Owens opened up for the SAG Awards. Jeffrey Owens, if you remember, we covered him on last season's podcast when a video surface of Jeffrey Owens, who was on the Cosby show, was working at Trader Joe's. And while working at Trader Joe's, someone recognized him as, oh, Lord, what's his name? What was his name on the Cosby show? Oh, you got to do your homework when you do podcasts because you don't know stuff off the top of your head. Jeffrey Owens, that's all right. Google will tell me. He played somebody on Facebook tell me before I find it on the show. Y'all can tell me where is my Elvin? Elvin. My brother played Elvin. Anywho, 
Um, he played Elvin on the Cosby show and he um, opened up for the SAG Awards in a really hilarious, but like very coincidental skit about how he was working at Trader Joe's instead of giving up on his dream because he just, you know, wasn't ready to call it quits. And he says, it's like, it turns out that actually ended up working for me because that video went viral and he was offered so many jobs and just so many opportunities that he likely would not have received had he not taken a real job. Let I found a word for y'all in that. Let me tell y'all something. Let this be a word for you all in this due season. That sometimes what looks like a setback is actually propelling you for the ultimate comeback. I know you've heard it said before, but I wanted to get down in your spirit even deeper, okay? Because a lot of us think that we are moving backwards when in reality, we're just being positioned properly. And it turns out that Jeffrey Owens was and what seemed like he was going backwards and someone was making fun of him for going backwards and having to get a real job like the rest of the world has real jobs. And then them making fun of him, they actually helped him out. So let that also be a word for the people who laugh at you now. You laughing now, but when God gets finished with my story, I'm going to be sitting at the SAG Awards or the wherever awards or at a law office or walking across the stage or wherever God has planted your destiny to end. Okay. So how about that? Nadi says, stay true to your dreams. Richie says, all things work together for the good. It's a whole word. Pull that Romans out on this. Janine says, amen. I'm experiencing it, experiencing it. Now I can see the blessing. And Jaleesa says, he's a wild man. Yes, he is. Now she says, setback is a setup for a comeback. I love that so much. So yes, we're giving a hail Joseph to Jeffrey Owens for that. I also wanted to give a Hail Mary to Karen Civil right before starting the podcast. I saw that she is fulfilling her goal of going back to school and she's going to Harvard Business School. Uh, Karen Civil, if you guys don't know, is just like this amazing, magical creature of an entrepreneur who has just taken I wanted to say social media by storm, but I would say like the entertainment industry completely by storm. Her bio says that she's a media maven, a host, an author, a philanthropist, and she posted a caption. It was very simple, but it says, when things don't go as expected, change the approach, but never the goal. Obtaining higher education was always a goal of mine, and 2019 was the year I put that plan into motion. Grateful to expand and ascend to my highest potential, and this is a picture of her posing outside of Harvard Business School. What she said that I really loved is when things don't go as expected, change the approach, but never the goal. How many times do we change the goal when things don't go as planned? And she decided I may not be going, you know, maybe right after high school or right after I do my undergrad, but I have a goal in mind and I might have to wait 10 years to accomplish it, but I'm never going to lose sight of that goal. So I wanted to share her story because I felt like it was going to be inspirational for someone who just feels delayed. But the truth is, my husband says this, you're never really delayed in God. You're just expecting something at a time that God hasn't designed. And so I thought that was awesome. So, yes, Karen Sibyl is our Hail Mary. Um, another Hail Mary that we have is submitted by a member of the delegation. And when I read the story, I wanted to share it with you guys. And I'll just share a little bit of my story. But there's a book by Dr. Jolene Brighton. And 
This book is called Beyond the Peel, a 30-day program to balance your hormones, reclaim your body, and reverse the dangerous side effects of the birth control pill. So the brief caption or synopsis says, out of the 100 million women, almost 11 million in the United States alone who are on the pill, roughly 60% take it for non-contraceptive reasons like painful periods, endometriosis, PCOS, and acne. While birth control pill is widely prescribed as a quick fix solution to a variety of women's health conditions, taking it can also result in other more serious and dangerous health consequences. So without getting into the fullness of those consequences, I love this book because recently myself, I went and saw a dermatologist early on after like I finished breastfeeding Ella because I went from like being on birth control to getting pregnant to breastfeeding Ella and my hormones were crazy and my skin was crazy. And so I went and saw a dermatologist about my skin and they uh, prescribed this medication for me to take. It cleared my skin up, but then I'm like, I don't want to be on antibiotics for the, it wasn't birth control, but it was another pill. Anywho, I'm like, I don't want to be on antibiotics for the rest of my life to control my skin. So I started doing some of my own research of what I couldn't do. And it's all like natural supplements and like understanding why hormonal acne comes into play and what I can do naturally to balance my hormonal acne. And my skin has been doing very well and staying consistent. I was able to like go from the dermatologist care into this natural care without any flare ups. And so I don't know. I think that's a word for y'all. How about that? The book is called. What's it called? Beyond the Pill by Dr. Jolene Brighton. Even if you decide to not get the book, I would suggest that you at least do some research on your hormones and what's happening in your life. Okay. Angela Jackson says, I use witch hazel every day, Sarah. I don't use witch hazel because I'm safe. No, I'm just kidding. I got some witch hazel, but I've been looking, um, but I've been using this system that I really like. Charlotte says, I struggle with hormonal acne. Child, how about it? Okay. Um, one of the things, though, real quick, that I learned about hormonal acne had a lot to do with like a zinc deficit, and you can take zinc supplements. First of all, I'm not a doctor, and do your own research and ask your doctor because I'm not trying to get sued. I'm sharing my testimony and what has worked for me and me alone. But what I will say is this um, zinc, and I think it was like vitamin B, are what I've been taking as vitamins to help me. How about that? Um, once again, that book is called Beyond the Peel. Beyond the Peel. Tanisha says, I know someone who was on birth control for years and when it came to trying to get pregnant, she had a really hard time. Monica Dorsey says, I need to read that because this set of pill isn't working for me. Check it out. Okay. Kelsey says, I finally got to watch a video live. Hey child. She said, can I get a shout out for my 23rd birthday? Happy birthday. I'm doing a birthday dance for you, Kelsey. Happy birthday, child. 23. I hope you know more than I did at 23. 23, I didn't have a thought in my whole head. Nowhere in the whole reset. 23, did I have a thought? Oh, child. 23 is when I just started getting a thought in my head. Um, 22 was rough, but 23 is when I started thinking to myself, self, you got a thought in your head and you need to use it. So I am praying that this year will be a year of many thoughts in your head. Come on, somebody. Tatiana says, Tamar initiated a Bible study in the Big Brother House and encouraged those who don't have a church home to attend the Potter's house. It was beautiful. Oh, come on, somebody, and bless him. 
Jessica Store says, yes, I read that too. Zinc and vitamin D3 are great for clearing up acne. Also stop eating dairy. I'm not able to do that. I want to, but I will try. I'm growing in the Lord and maybe one day I'll get there, but I've been taking zinc and vitamin B and probiotics. Once again, not a doctor. Um, but the saints are saying stopping dairy. If I had to stop dairy, it, the cheese is the problem. And I like Mexican food. So that's all right. That's, but we'll, I'll, I'll think about it. Okay. Um, Beyond the Pill, Karen Civil, Jeffrey Owens. Let's see. Um, I have too many of these. Okay. Megan Mulally, I'm going to run through them real fast, real fast. Megan Mulally bought her SAG Awards gown online after designers went and dressed her. I love that because I'm the queen of online shopping. And she went ahead and made a way out of no way. She said evidently that if you are not a certain size or a certain age or of a certain notoriety, that certain designers don't want to dress you. She's 60 years old, she was hosting the awards and she couldn't get in a designer to dress her. So she bought her dress online. And I thought that was dope because, honey, I'm still going to slay. Whether you help me slay or don't slay, I'm going to slay because slaying is a part of who I am and what I've been called to do in this season. Now, the next person who I wanted to give a shout out to was Tariq El Musso. I don't know if you guys are like me and watch HGTV like all the time, but um, the show Flip or Flop was a married couple who used to buy houses, buy houses, flops rather, like foreclosed homes or homes that were a mess and they flip them and they make a bunch of money off of them. Anyway, his wife, they went through a divorce. His wife is recently remarried. And he said, do you know what he said that I thought was amazing? He says, I think finding out about the wedding made me realize 100% closure. And it made me realize that it's a good thing for my kids based on what I know about aunt. He says that, um, the guy who she's now married to is like a really good guy. He says, of course, I ask my kids about things they do and what's going on. And they always say good things about him. So as a father, it's good to know that there's hopefully a good man in my kids' lives beside me. Let me tell you why that was so rich. A lot of times we talk about, like, I've talked about my own blended family experience and how I have so much love and respect for my bonus children's mom. But I never really get to hear the same perspective from a guy. My children's biological fathers aren't in their life. So I never get to, you know, experience that up close. I know my husband's really responsible and respectful and would give that energy. There's just nowhere to give it, praise the Lord. But um, I just have never seen it from a male perspective. And I thought that that was cool. So Shabri says that was huge of him, very mature. Felicia says Tariq definitely needs a Hail Mary. Yes. Um, Taraji Henson got a star on the Hollywood Star Fame, the Hollywood Walk of Fame. So, yeah, we're giving her a Hail Mary for that as well. So I thought that that was um, that was dope. And that's gone. That's it. I'm not going to read all these Hail Marys. But let me tell you, people have been out here just shedding insight and insight on what is happening in the world today. Tay Turner says, since we have to give a we have to give Angela Bassett another Hail Mary because she slayed on the red carpet. She did slay and Black Panther is out here slaying and they're going to let you go see Black Panther free for a week in some theaters in celebration of Black History Month. Marsha Martin has a movie coming out and she is like what 10 or 11 years old and is like the youngest executive female producer in history and that is amazing. There are so many people doing incredible things. I think sometimes I'm like you know what we 
are going to just do a full-on Hail Mary episode. Natalie says we still mad at Taraji, but okay, are we mad at her? Because I know she said something about Robert Kelly, and that's what we don't do is that. Um, Latrice says Future could use some advice from Tariq. Future could use some advice from Tariq. Okay, so listen, all right, we done did that part. Now it's time for us to give out some advice. And let me tell you, the questions were a rolling. First of all, let me give you a little bit of a, I was going to give a testimony, but it's a little, let me get, okay, let me give it. Okay, so this is like a testimony and a question. Well, do I want to do, okay, forget that one. Okay, forget that one. Stick with me. I'm going to bless you. Okay, this question says, oh, hold on. The Facebook Live people, this is why the episodes be long. It's because the Facebook Live folks be talking and they be having a good old girl time and I be catching up. And let me tell you, it's a bit much. But let me tell you something. They said that Meek Mill needs prayer. And I think that truer words have not been spoken in this podcast. Meek Mill needs prayer. Meek Mill said that Shake Shack was better than Chick-fil-A. I'm going to just let that leave. I'm going to just leave that right there and never say anything else about that. But obviously he's wrong. Okay. Obviously, he's wrong, but I'm going to leave that alone. Okay, so here's the thing. Here's the thing. Y'all ready? Here we go. All right. Here's the advice question. Hi, Sarah. I'm Jennifer. Oh, am I? Is that? Okay. Here we go. Hi, Sarah. I'm Jennifer. I'm 24. My boyfriend and I, we planning to get married next year. I do love him. He's a great guy, but I feel this guilty and as if I'm out of God's grace. I can't even pray like I used to. We both have a ministry calling, which was going well till last year when I became sexually active. He became sexually active a year before I met him. He is the first and only guy I have been with. I know it's wrong and I really want to stop it till we get married next year. But it's like we still end up doing it. I feel like it's really taking me. Okay, he, I can't. What happened? You can take that year before I need to. I know it's wrong, and I really want to stop it till we get married next year. I'm sorry, guys. It's just that the way this message cut off is weird. Okay, but I'm going to start over, and they're going to edit this, and it's going to be like it never happened. So, how about that? But it's like we still end up doing it. I feel like it's really taking me away from God. I can't even pray like I used to. I know it's wrong and I really want to stop it till we get married. But it's like we still end up doing it. I really want my relationship with God back, but I don't know how. I can't even pray anymore. I just feel guilty all over. Hmm. Here's the thing that I wanted to tell you about this. Um, I just want you to know. Um, Jennifer, that you guys having sex outside of marriage and like outside of what you wanted for your life is not exclusively his part. And I think that a lot of times when we do not activate our core beliefs and desires and non-negotiables, which my husband preached about on Sunday for our life, that we end up feeling guilty, not because we have robbed God, but because we have robbed ourselves. And I just want to encourage you and any other woman who may be listening right now to fully understand that when you do not advocate 
for the desires that you want in your relationship and you decide to cave in or to concede to what someone else wants, at the end of the day, it is not the other person's fault. It is our fault because we released our power. We cheated on ourselves. We had an affair on who we wanted to become so that we could please who was in front of us. And what I want to say like more than anything is that there is beauty in you having control over what happened because you can also control what happens from here. And it is never too late to advocate for who you want to be. I don't care who you've been. I don't care what you are currently doing. I don't care if y'all just had sex last night. If you have decided within yourself that this is not what I want to do, this is not how I want to show up in this relationship and how I want to show up in the world, then you can create boundaries. A lot of times we're like, lost and confused because we don't know how to create boundaries after something has occurred. But the truth is that like, it's never too late to create those boundaries. Every day is a new day. Every minute is a new minute. And you have to decide and you can say like, I want to have a conversation with you about an area of our relationship that has really been bothering me before you and I met, I had made some decisions. And when you and I met, I became flexible on those decisions. And I have been feeling insecure within myself and upset within myself as a result of how I compromised who I wanted to be. And I am embarking on a journey of establishing the boundaries required for me to become that person. And I would love if you would partner with me in making this a smooth transition. However, if you are unable or unwilling to do so, then I want to release you into your destiny so that you can become who you want to become, but most importantly, so that I can become who I want to become. So that's my thoughts. Tefra says, I feel like she is letting her guilt is what keeps her away from God, not necessarily the sex. And if that is your future husband and he is in ministry, I think he will understand if you no longer feel comfortable having sex before marriage. Like, well, that's the whole word. That, that's the whole word. She said what I was saying the whole time. Tefra says, y'all already did a child. Are you doing it for him or you? If, you? if he loves you, he will wait. Perfect time to prepare for many sit-down talks that are to come. That's a word. If you cannot have this conversation with him, then he is probably not the person that you want to get married to because you have to have some tough, uncomfortable conversations when in marriage. Kimberly says, child, so true. It's never too late. And if he is a real man of God, he will walk with you. Latrice says, it's a word. Let your yes be your yes and your no be your no. My husband preached that on Sunday and it was a word. Bianca says that is a tough but powerful conversation to have. But I think that when we have these conversations, we have a responsibility when having any conversation that can be tough to not need to place blame on the other person. Because anytime someone feels like they're backed in a corner or they're being accused, they can become very defensive. And if you really want to see healing or you really want to see something in peacefully, and not every time you can do that, but I do believe that there is a way to say anything if you know how to say it. And I think giving context and responsibility and saying, before I met you, this is what I was going through. This is a decision that I made when I met you. I loved you so much. I enjoyed our connection so much that I was willing to compromise on some of those decisions that were important to me. Now, the more that we continue to walk this thing out, the more I cannot deny that a part of, that I let myself down in order to hold us up. And I just wonder if there is a way for me to do both. And if there is not, this is so important to me that I'm willing to walk away. I just, I don't know. That's, that's how I would do it. 
But I think that if he's really for you and he really does love you and he really wants the best for you. And I know that like people say that all the time, if he really loves you, then it'll be fine. But honestly, truly, if he feels the way that you are sensing, then there should be no conversation about it, you know, because the guilt that you're feeling is so intense that you are at a place where you're not even going to be the person who he fell in love with or the person who he has you know, desire to spend his life with. And I believe that that's necessary. Dominique Dickens says she needs to forgive herself and repent and let him know what it is. And if he is a man of God, he will understand. And repenting, like, I know it's a word that we use a lot, but it really comes from the root word of thought. And it's like, rethink. You need to retrain your mind. You need to have a new mindset based on your actions. So it's like when I repent for sleeping around or I repent for doing drugs, like repentance is rooted in this idea of I'm not just saying sorry and I'm going to go back and do it, but it's like God literally reform my mind, reform my thoughts so that I can actually manifest the outcome that I desire so that my life can be whole. So, all right. How about that? Um, Okay, my next question. So, hi, Sarah. I have a topic I really want to hear your opinion about on your podcast, which I love, by the way. So, oftentimes, I've seen these messages on Instagram saying you will end up disappointed if you think people will do for you as you do for them. Not everyone has the same heart as you. I just want to know, how do we as people continue to accept less when we put time and effort into friendships and relationships, knowing we aren't getting the love we give back? I struggle with this in my personal life. I have a big part and I've had friendships in over the person doing mean things to me that I would never do to them. Just wanted to know how to handle situations like this. How do I not get upset and disappointed? How does a friendship or relationship last after a conflict? So this is a layered question. I see that a lot. You know, you will end up disappointed if you think people will do for you as you do for them. Not everyone has the same heart as you. So I think that there's obviously the surface level understanding of that, which is like you're going to be disappointed if you expect to receive and return what you give. And that is true. But I think that another responsibility we have is to also ask out for wisdom and insight to recognize what the person is giving. And that's important because someone may not give to you what you give to them, but they give to you their version of what you gave to them. So, um, you know, it comes down to like the love languages. Like maybe you have words of affirmation and you feel like, I just wish that someone would say to me the things that I say to them, but that person is washing your car every day or bringing you lunch every day or supporting your business all of the time. And so on one hand, like, no, your parents may not necessarily be pouring all of this support into you. But on the other hand, they may be, you know, holding things down for you at home so that you can pursue your dream. So I do think that there is something to understanding that you may not be giving to me what I am giving, but you are giving something. And I think once we recognize that there is reciprocity, it's just not in the way that I expected, then we can have a little bit more peace about our relationships with other people. 
contrarily, when we dissect what that person is giving us in return, we may come to the realization that they're not giving anything. And so we were expecting for them to at least do something in return, and they're not able to do that. I think in that instance that you have to only give what you're willing to lose. Ah. That just spoke down on the inside of me. Okay. You need to only give what you're willing to lose. If you know that they are not going to pay you back, do not give them $1,000. But if you can give them 20 and because you know they're not going to pay you back, then that's different. I think that when you are engaging in friendships and relationships that you know you're not going to receive anything in return, then you have to see it properly. A lot of times because we have been blessed so generously, we can give so generously. But we don't have to hold like this account of everything that I did for you. But we just have to decide that I can only give you what I'm willing to lose. I only have five minutes to give you today. I can't talk to you for three hours about what's going on in your world because you're not going to listen. You're not going to help me with any of my problems. So today I only have five minutes for you. And I can give you five minutes because I'm not going to miss them five minutes, but I can give you three hours the way I've been giving you three hours because you don't know what to do with that. And I think when you come to a place where you understand how to navigate those relationships and to navigate those expectations that you don't have to end up bitter or jaded, you just get to become responsible for your energy and your output and input. And when you become responsible for your energy and your input and output, you can categorize people properly. You know, like this person doesn't give me what I give them, but they do give me something. This person doesn't give me anything at all. So I can only give them X, Y, and Z. And I think that it will release you from the need of feeling um, like you're being robbed of something because the only time we feel robbed is what, and this is kind of leading into my snack. The only time we feel robbed is when we have given something that we needed to keep to ourselves. Like I gave you three hours of my time when I could have been working on my paper, or I gave you X, Y, and Z, but I needed that money and you're not going to pay me back. But when you come to a place where you only give what you're willing to lose or give because you know what you're going to receive in return is going to balance the scales, then you you can just navigate it differently. <sighs> Alexandra says, wow, I'm in awe right now. I decided today that I will set my alarm to tune into this live from the UK rather than catching up on the podcast. And these advice sections are really talking to me. Darius says, there's a saying, if someone wastes 10 minutes of your time, eight minutes of it is your fault. That's a word. Kimberly saying, it's a whole word. Brittany says, a word? Come on, somebody. Um, let's see, what else did the delegation think? Denisha says, having expectations beyond someone's ability causes unnecessary disappointment. It really, really does. Suzanne says, you need to give what you're willing to lose. It's, that's all I can do. That's all I can do. And if we apply that to our relationships, I bet you people get their life together. And I bet you people stop asking for more than they're going to get because, you know, it ain't no point in asking her. She ain't going to give it to me. You know how many people stop asking me for money? Look, oh, am I going to tell this story? No, I'm not going to tell that story. That's not right. But I said what I said. Okay. Um, let me see. Just one more advice question. Okay. Okay. This child, this question right here, and then I'm going to get my snack and then I'm going to leave y'all alone for the day. Okay. It says, I am submitting this question for the advice piece on the Woman Evolved podcast. I pray that God leads you to this message and you see fit to read and reply. I'm 20 years old and God has recently placed conviction in my heart to start living a God-led life. 
I'm currently fasting and God has revealed to me that marriage and possibly motherhood will not be a part of my purpose. As a young woman, this is somewhat devastating. I say somewhat because socially women are taught to aspire to marriage and motherhood. And because of this, a part of me feels like a failure, but the other part feels at peace with this and I'm uncomfortable with it. In the moment the revelation was revealed to me and I was going through the emotions, I felt at peace, which led me to believe it was indeed God. How do I deal with the fact that I will never be a wife or a mother, especially learning this so young? I really hope you see forth to answer this. I love you, Sarah. I love you too. When I read this question, it really took me a minute to process because like, I read these advice questions and I'm like, what am I supposed to say back to this? And this is what I want to say to you. When I read this question, I just reminded myself like you are 20 years old and just because God said that marriage and motherhood is not a part of your purpose doesn't mean that he means that indefinitely. And it, and it doesn't, I think a lot of times God strips the desire for, you know, what everyone else says we should be aspiring to away from us so that we can become desperate for his identity and his interpretation of our life. And when we become hit desperate for his interpretation for our life, we become so fulfilled by that interpretation that we don't even want those things anymore. We just want what God has for us. And oftentimes in the pursuit of what God has for us, we end up with all of those things anyway. It's just not packaged the way that we thought it would, or it doesn't happen the way that we thought it would. But I would think at 20 years old, that marriage and motherhood is the last thing that God wants to be on your mind. And maybe when you're 60, it will be the same way because you are so in love with the purpose and passion that he has for your life. But I would just be conscious of like knowing that like, in this season of my life, God is right. And I think that as long as you can continue to feel like that in this season of my life, that's not what I need. Like we can all identify that at 20, marriage and motherhood is not what God wants for you. I'm not saying that that's true for all 20, year, 20 years old, but it's obviously true for you. And if you can come to a place where you can just say within yourself, like, I'm not there. That's not what I'm, that's not my purpose. That's not my call for right now. And God is going to reveal step by step by step what is next for me. There has been nothing in my life that God said to me that defined the rest of my life as far as a restriction. But there have been seasons where he said, you cannot have this and you cannot do this, or this is not going to be beneficial for you. And more than anything, it changed my mindset. And I think that what God is hoping to do and you know, you have to take this into your own spirit and into your own prayer and find truth for it within yourself. But I think if anything, God is trying to get you to a place where those are not the desires of your heart, that you are not in pursuit of this idea of marriage and motherhood as the defining capstone of what it means to be a woman and instead begin to become dependent on God's interpretation of who you are and fulfilling that interpretation on the earth. And I think that, that when that becomes your ultimate desire, then all of things will be revealed to you. But I just don't think that right now it would make a lot of sense for those to even be your priority. So all I'm saying is this, do not grieve what God says you cannot have now. Pursue what he wants you to have instead. And to pursue it with such fierceness and such seriousness 
that you don't even have time to dwell on what's going to happen 20 years from now. If right now in this moment, you and God are in agreement, I don't need to be married and I don't need to have kids. And all we can say is be all we can do is be in agreement with what God has said in this moment. And we can revisit it from time to time. But I do think that there is something to releasing yourself from this need to grieve this idea of what you won't have for the rest of your life. And right now you just got to focus on being 20. Tia says, we were just talking about expectations and relationship last Wednesday night at a Bible study. I don't think there's anything wrong with having expectations in a relationship as long as they are realistic. There is a difference. Kathy King says, it's all about God's timing. V says, he wanted to work on your identity in him first. John Tanzella, John Tanzella, I want to say your name right, don't kill me, says, amen. I'm thankful that she's able to hear that at such an early age. Felicia says, God tells you what you need for the current season in your life. He reveals his will and steps. Sometimes you need one nugget to be able to reach for the next nugget, for sure. Yeah, Tacola says she's an amazing 20-year-old because me at 20, and I can only assume that this gentleman is twerking. And let me tell you, at 20, they weren't even calling it twerking then. But let me tell you, if, let me tell you, 10 years will make a difference in your life. 10 year child. All right. Just let me tell you, the fact that you even heard from God and you gonna activate what God said at 20 means that you were well on your way, ma'am. Well on your way. OK, so I um, wanted to share with you guys my snack for this week. And let me tell you how I stumbled upon this snack. I was doing Saturday when I was big kicking it and just minding my business. It gave me an opportunity because like I was so, so tired, like beyond tired. I think, you know, we do a lot of traveling. We just we just work. OK, and we are you know, I'm grateful for what God has allowed us to do and the lives that we've been able to change. But I was just like so tired and to just be walking around my house with my scarf on and my pajamas on at three o'clock on Saturday just felt like the ultimate vacation. And then it hit me. So I know you guys remember like earlier in this season, I was talking about how I needed to be more intentional about like taking care of myself and like I went got a massage and all that stuff. But I was telling my husband, that I was feeling selfish, like, and first of all, like, we need to really know when we're feeling selfish. And selfish doesn't mean that you aren't doing everything for everyone or that you're not functioning the way that you usually function, but it is the way that you process what you're doing for people or what people ask you to do. And I was just coming to this place where anytime anybody would ask me to do something, I would just think I would be thinking to myself, like, you have no idea what this is going to cost me. You have no idea how much time this is going to take. Like everything I thought was about me. It wasn't like, oh, wow, I'm so honored that you would ask me to do that. Or I think that's so awesome. Like everything came down to me being selfish. I told my husband, like, I really think I'm selfish. Like I don't. And, you know, he was kind of shocked because he's like, I, I don't think that our perception of selfish is necessarily what I was meaning. All I could think about was like, I am constantly thinking about what is happening and how it affects me exclusively. I never think about the person's intent. I never think about where they were coming from when they were saying it. I only think about how it affects me. And my husband said something to me that really blew my mind. So this sponsor, this snack is being sponsored by Toe Ray Roberts. And he said to me, like people 
or you become selfish when you don't feel like there's much of yourself to give. And so everything becomes about the cost that it takes that it requires for you to do whatever that person is asked you to do, whether that's a cost of your time, a cost of your resources, et cetera. When you're constantly thinking about yourself, it's because you don't feel like anyone else is thinking about you. So you have to, you know, advocate for yourself. And it just, I told him, he's like, I don't think that you are selfish. He's like, I think you need soul care. No, he said, I think you need self-care. And I was like, well, I really do think that I have self-care because I get up and work out. I'm taking care of my body. I, you know, do things that, you know, I get up and cook. I love cooking. Like, I really do think that I have self-care. And he goes, I would consider working out body care. And I would consider like reading your favorite books or something like mind care. And, you know, listen to your worship music and prayer. Like that's your spiritual care. But soul care is when you tend to the essence of your being. When you take a moment to just be one with yourself and it dawned on me that part of the reason why I had been being selfish is because I need soul care. Like I need to take care of my soul and not just like my spirit and not just like making sure you're taking care of your skin and making sure you're taking care of your body. Because in a way, all of those become chores and responsibilities, but doing the thing that refuels you. And the reality is like for me, sometimes what refuels me is just quiet and stillness and not having any responsibilities at all. And I don't feel like that happens very often, which means that it is not happening very often because I am not being intentional about making sure that it happens. And I think a few things have to happen in order for us to have proper soul care. I think that we have to be intentional. I think that we need to create an environment. And I think that we need to rest in knowing that our responsibilities will be waiting for us. But in this moment, our responsibilities are not invited into this moment. That's a word. Like you may have to coach yourself into soul care. You may have to get in the car and sit by the water, get in the car and go on a drive. And just for a moment, I like stillness. I don't know what your thing is. Like I like complete stillness, like just quiet, just like mm, leave me alone, soul care. But we have to uninvite our responsibilities into those moments or the things that we once enjoyed will become chores when they used to be our reprieves and our escape. I can think of so many times where like me and my husband are watching a movie and I'm thinking about things that I need to do when like watching a movie with my husband is one of my favorite pastimes. But I have invited my responsibilities to invade every corner of my life. And now I have nowhere to hide. And so one of the things that I am working on this week is uninviting my responsibilities into every area of my life. You know, One Evolve has been going for like a year and a half, maybe like a year and four months, maybe. And God has blessed it and he has blown on it. And I believe that it's going to be around for a very long time. And because I feel so much pressure to like not mess it up and to make sure that I'm still thinking and creating and producing, 
I have invited it into so many areas of my life. And now I have a responsibility to make sure that the success of Woman Evolve doesn't depend on how often I am thinking, but how often I'm taking care of the soul of Woman Evolve. Because at the end of the day, it is what was happening in me that produced what comes out of me. It is what's happening in me that produced the marriage, that produced the books, that produced the podcast. It was about what was taking place within my own soul. And so I just want to encourage you guys to not think that self-care and soul care are the same thing because self-care may be you working out, self-care may be you drinking your shake, self-care may be you taking care of the skin and you are doing an excellent job of taking care of self or maybe not excellent. Maybe you're doing a good job. Maybe you're doing better than you were before taking care of yourself, your frame, your body, your flesh. But make sure that we take a moment and take care of like who we are as women. Like, ugh. Like when I even think about soul care, it makes me like want to just like burst out into tears and be a punk because it's just like soul care. Like when is the last time you connected with you and gave yourself a chance to breathe and gave yourself a chance to just like, without worrying about the kids, without worrying about the budget, without worrying about the bills. Like when is the last time that you just took a moment and said, like, wow, how are you doing? How are you processing how your life has changed? Are you living in a space of gratitude or are you, or are you just living to get things done? Because so often, like I've talked about this on the like setting the rhythm of your life. So often we can come to a place where we just want to get things done, get things done, get things done. But we have to take a minute and live in the place of if nothing else gets done, if nothing else is said, then I have to be okay. I have to be okay with things being unfinished. I have to be okay with the house being a mess sometimes. Like I have to be okay because right now in this moment, what I need more than anything is quietness. I will go and sit in my closet sometimes and just lay on the floor and just be quiet and breathe and love on myself. And I just want to throw that word out there for people like me who need to take a minute and have some soul care. So that's it. That's my whole snack. Shanika says, what a word. It's been such a long time. And she says, listen, this message made me book myself in a retreat. Come on. So you soul care. Woman Evolve 2019. Let me tell you, we have some amazing speakers. You're talking about taking care of your soul in every level. Gina Beckham says, I try to be intentionally present with myself weekly. I need to do a better job at that. That's what we're talking about. The soul care is being intentionally present with yourself. Chantel sends in, sending me lots of emojis. Tacola says, yes, I locked my kids out of my room just to finally catch this live. Come on, soul care. Davey Johnson says, thank you. Um, I'm going to call the journal Soul Care now. That's beautiful. Takira says, yes, what a snack. All right, y'all. Okay. Raven says, honey, self-care is a lifestyle. It's not just about pedicures and bath bombs. It is a lifestyle. And I think that like so often, I think that like self-care is something that I do that takes care of myself and not a lifestyle. And it does. It needs to be a lifestyle. It needs to be a part of my rhythm. So y'all pray for me. I'll pray for you. Okay. Um, okay. So God, thank you for my girl time. Thank you for these incredible women and men who you have connected me with. 
God, sometimes we can get so caught up in running from who we used to be and running towards the amazing destiny that you have for us that we run ourselves down to the ground. And I know and you know that it was never your will for us to give so much of ourselves that we have nothing to give you or nothing to give ourselves. And so, God, I ask that you would send confirmation that we can have the soul care that we need without guilt and without feeling like we're getting behind, that you would give us the ability to have peace. So often I hear the words, make peace, make peace. It suggests that peace is literally something that needs to be built and manufactured in order for it to exist. And so God, I'm asking that you would help us make peace our portion that we would uninvite out of these sacred moments, the responsibilities, fears, and insecurities that travel with us us throughout the day, and that we would instead only allow for peace, clarity, and stillness to go with us into our sacred moments so that we can connect with ourselves and with you again in a fresh way. God, breathe into our hearts, breathe into our lives, and push back any negativity, any negative thoughts, any debilitating thoughts and rhythms that keep us from finding that perfect cadence of on, but most importantly, off. In Jesus' name, amen.